Welcome back to another episode of Life in Progress. My name is Lindsay Field, and this week I am sitting down with Richard Knight, a good friend and a member of the Sojourn Board of Directors. We talk about what it means to have fun and how that can be a spiritual act. I would also like to apologize for the sound quality this week. You might hear some lawnmowers, some kitchen noise, lots of weird things in the background. Uh, We had a bit of mic trouble. So a big thank you to Richard for his patience in getting all that set up. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the conversation. So you've been here about 40 minutes, so I think that's a good time to start now. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like a game plan. Today we have Richard Knight. So thank you, Richard, for coming all the way down to my place. It's not exactly on your way, but... Uh, Easy enough. I'm happy to be here. Uh, can you just start by telling us a little bit about who you are? Just that broad question. Sure. I did not prepare for this, but... <laughs> I did, it wasn't one of the prompts I gave you, so... Sorry. No, yeah, I mean, uh, it's all good. I'm Richard Knight, uh, two older sisters, and... I don't know how to do it. We're going to have to cut this. I have no idea how to describe myself. Okay. How about... Um, I was going to be like, and my parents are Carol and Jeff. No, I was born on uh, a cold day. <laughs> if you want to give us a detailed history of your family, that is perfectly fine. Yeah. No, no, no. All good. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Rhode Island. Found myself here in Boston over a little over eight years ago. Came up here after college. Just initially just for an internship and then that turned into a took a gap year after that stayed in Boston for that grad school and then work and uh, pretty much been working ever since except for a short break that I took yeah. which we'll probably get we'll to talk about today in a little bit uh, what do you do for work I work at John Hancock they are a financial services company their primary business is life insurance and so I work in their US finance department and I studied accounting, so I have that kind of a background, and I work as a controls analyst, um, basically ensuring that there are adequate internal controls in the finance department. Very thrilling. I could go into more detail, but I'll leave it at that. So um, I quizzed you off mic, well, when we were having mic problems, so it didn't actually get recorded, but you are on the Sojourn Board of Directors, which is... Awesome, I think. I hope you are excited about that. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but one of Sojourn's values uh, as an organization is this idea that having fun is a spiritual act. Um, that we weren't made to just live life, but we were made to enjoy life. And uh, when I was thinking of who, what I like to talk to about having fun, um, I know it surprised you, but your name came to mind for me, uh, because of a little journey that you had, what, two years ago? Four years, four, believe it or not. Four years ago, all right. Yeah. Um, Time does fly. Yeah, so uh, what happened in your life four years ago? It was probably four and a half years ago when I actually asked you're my making, company. Oh, yeah, I was going to oh, say, you're right. making me sound even worse. <laughs> We're going to cut that. <laughs> no, no, I was going to back up even further. Okay, wait, what was the question? Okay, so now... What, this what happened now. four and a half years ago? <laughs> so I was working at PwC, the first job I had out of college. Uh, wasn't loving the work I was doing, and considering how long I would stay with them versus consider other options um, in, in the accounting world. 
And one of my cousins had through hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2013. And whenever we got together for family reunions, I would hear stories from it and it sounded like an awesome experience. I didn't even know much about the Appalachian Trail at all before he went out and did it. And it definitely piqued my interest. And I thought someday, maybe I'll do that if I find a time. Sounds like a cool adventure. And I got to this point in my first job out of school where I was considering how long I would stay there for. And essentially got to the point where I thought, how about I ask my employer for five months off, see if they'll give me that as a sabbatical of some kind. And then I could go back if they gave it to me or if they didn't, I could just my notice and seek different opportunities when I got back. And, you know, they weren't able to give me five months. That's very understandable. Not many people, (laughs) not many companies would, especially. Were you nervous going into that question? Like, well, I spoke with my, I had a coach, so he was a manager at the time and told him my plan. And he was like, that sounds cool. And he was like, he was like, I'll present this to, one of the partners mm-hmm. so it was actually I didn't have to go to anyone it was okay. like it kind of went up the chain and because I feel like I would just be I mean I'm an anxious person anyways if I had to go ask my boss for five months off I I'd probably talk myself out of it yeah it, it, you thankfully I didn't have to you know approach mm-hmm. part of myself to ask for it and try to explain what I was hoping to do with that time off. But, you know, I think my, the manager that spoke on my behalf, you know, did the best he could, but I understand it was, I was only a year and a half into that job and to give someone five months, they can't just get any of that. So, so I decided I'll put in my notice and come summertime, I think it was June, I put in my notice and then, you know, July, early July set out on the trail. Wow. And you did... You started in Maine and ended in Georgia? Georgia. Okay. Yep. I don't actually know where it ends, but I, I feel like I had heard that. Yeah, okay. it's uh, Mount Katahdin in Maine to Springer Mountain in Georgia, just under 2,200 miles. Wow. So what, I mean, you'd heard these stories of your cousin, um, but I hear a lot of people's stories about some pretty incredible things. And it doesn't make me quit my job to go do those things. Like what about this made you want to do that? It's a good question. I, I had actually never backpacked before going on the Appalachian trail, but I had done enough camping that I enjoyed that. I had done enough day hikes that I knew I know how to hike in New Hampshire. I, I, I enjoy that. And the idea of the Appalachian Trail as a whole, just this journey starting from one end, going to the other end, it taking a long time, presumably, you know, there are, granted, there are some people that run the whole trail in about 42 days, and then there's some that take years and years and years in the section hike, which is also really cool too, because that takes a lot of planning to do. But the, the through hike, a traditional through hike is usually anywhere five to seven months, and you walk from one end to the other. So it just had this appeal to me of being in nature, camping, hiking, meeting new people, seeing parts of the country that I would otherwise probably never see. Um, all of those factors combined were like, oh, this seems like a cool way to spend five months. Yeah. You know, and you're also a runner, a long distance runner. So 
you decided not to do the 42 day. I'm just going to sprint through no, this. No, no. I think actually I got more into running after the, after the AT. Mm-hmm. It took, took a little bit after that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to take your time through the AT. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you said that you've hiked like a lot of New Hampshire, New England. Um, uh, I know you still do go camping. What is it about hiking, camping, being outside that, I don't know. I don't know if fun is the right word, but that you enjoy. Yeah, there are times when it's easier and when you have good views, but then there's times when it's just when it's a turkey trot at negative four. <laughs> right, it was that air temperature. Last, last year. Or, but really, yeah. I mean, there's times when hiking is just a challenge, and I enjoy that aspect of it of just the physical challenge that it is and but then the reward that comes with it so and there isn't always this crazy cool reward at the end like i mean it's great when you go for a hike it's really hard and then you summit and you have this beautiful view that's not always the case with hiking or backpacking sometimes it's raining and overcast and then there's no view and then you get right to almost to the summit but can't actually summit because like the weather sucks and or there was this one time I was out for actually a day hike with a friend in Mount Monadnock in southern New Hampshire and we did most of the hike and then there was a ranger that actually turned us around when we were just about to summit apparently someone got lost and they were of course that was the, the crisis that they had to deal with and so they were not letting people summit because the weather was kind of iffy and uh so yep. there are times when you know you can't make it to the summit so <laughs> yeah we uh i was telling you before we um started this that i go hiking every summer um with some friends out in oregon and the hike we did this summer uh was a last minute change of plans because uh the one we were supposed to do i think weather stopped us but which is super disappointing but then can lead to some really incredible unexpected trails um, experiences. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, even though there are times when I've had a quote-unquote miserable experience, it's memorable and fun nevertheless. I think there. I took some friends once to do a hike in New Hampshire at the Franconia Ridge Loop, which is on a beautiful day. Phenomenal. Views are incredible. And we went on a Saturday and it was overcast and a little bit rainy and because it was a Saturday there were tons of other people out there so this combination of it was from my from my from my perspective it was too crowded and no views at the top and I was talking this up to them saying this would be the best hike <laughs> ever and uh, they the had a great time despite despite the crowds and yeah. no views it was still a fun experience but, good good you know. it, it, it's to me it's there's I don't know if I'd say there's nothing worse because there's a lot of things worse than this, but uh, it's very disappointing when you talk something up to somebody experience you thought they were going to have. And even though they might have had a great time, like in my head, like, oh, but it could have been this. It could have been that. It's very frustrating. To Absolutely. Me. Yeah, I think a big part of through hiking is not going into it with these big expectations of what you think is going to happen. Because if you expect, as soon as you set any expectation for your experience, 
the only thing that can happen, most likely what will happen is you won't meet those expectations mm-hmm. because something will go wrong. Something, you know, you might think, okay, this is all going to be, be, you know, beautiful weather. I'm going to have views on every mountaintop. Yeah, it'll be hard, but I'm going to meet the best people ever. You know, if you set these high expectations, you know, they're going to, you're, you're going to miss those things. Yeah. So. I feel like you could uh, translate that to life pretty easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so in this through hike, what, um, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but what are some of the highlights from that time? Cause you were there for, I know you took five months off, but how long were you actually hiking? About four and a half. Four months. and a half. So I'm sure there's a ton of great experiences in that four and a half months, but what are just some of the highlights for you that stick out even four years later? Yeah, there, there's certain sections of the trail that I remember vividly that were beautiful. Everything from starting in Maine, which is very rugged and beautiful and remote to sections of Virginia that are just beautiful. I mean, there's every state has something different to offer. So there's just kind of the, the beauty of the actual Appalachian Trail. And then there's the experiences you have along the trail, the, the different people you meet. There are people that you meet just one night because you might stay at a shelter and you're heading south, they're heading north. You exchange some cool stories, you get to know them a little bit, and it's kind of disappointing though when you have to part ways. But there are also people you meet that are heading your same direction, and you might be with them for a day or two to maybe a month. You you know you hike on and off with them for a month because you might have the same paces as they have. Uh, and then there's just the experience of going into some of these small towns, learning about the history, staying at some hostels that are really cool and are owned by some cool people that love hosting hikers. And there's just yeah, there's a lot a lot to it and you have a lot of time out there um yeah four and a half months to well, more than that you know however much time you want to take out there what about some of the low points because i'm sure you know you're you're on this trail yes there's other people but you're alone um mm-hmm. what were some of the low points for you definitely certain days had low points i, I would say in general though I kept a pretty optimistic attitude, but there were days where it might have just been downpour all day. And if you're hiking all day, 20 miles in, in rain, no matter what your gear, you know, you can have rain jacket, rain pants, you know, everything, no matter what, you're going to get wet. So uh, you kind of, on those days, have to accept it and just get used to it. I would say also the bugs are kind of inevitable depending on where you are in the trail. Yeah. You know, I started in July in Maine and headed south. So when I was probably Maine and New Hampshire, there were a fair amount of bugs some days. And then even down to Connecticut, there was a particularly bad day where just this shelter, it was called something like Pine pine swamp shelter and I'm assuming they named, named it that shelter because it's near a swamp near so a swamp. The, the mosquitoes just were atrocious and uh, thankfully I stayed in my tent that night but so some of these experiences whether it's the weather bugs you know can definitely definitely got to me on some days but yeah I think 
in general, I knew that I wanted to finish the whole trail, so I didn't let some of these minor setbacks kind of change my perspective. So you knew you wanted to finish the trail, but was there ever a moment where you were like, this was the worst idea I've ever had? Like, I'm going to quit. Actually, no. And the reason I say no, because not to say that I was like, oh, I, I had it all planned out. There was a book I read before going on the trail called Appalachian Trials. And this book sought to prepare you for a through hike. And really, it didn't give you any advice on gear because I think people obsess about and plan, can spend hours and days and weeks planning their gear. They got to get the perfect gear because, oh, if I don't have toothpaste, you can weigh all the ounces, you can, you can, oh, this shoe is going to get me there versus this boot, I can't do that. I mean, ultimately, the gear can can make a difference, but it's not going to be what gets you from one end to the other end. It's mentally, are you prepared and do you know what you're getting yourself into? And this book, Appalachian Trials, was really good about getting to the why of why you're going on the AT through hike to go one end to the other because you can be out there for a while you need to mentally be ready for it because you buy new gear and so you know you can yeah. spend way too much time thinking about the gear but this book focused on let's write down let's write down everything it was like here's a prompt if I finish if I do not finish the Appalachian Trail dot 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 and then you just had to fill in the blank and then or when I finished the Appalachian Trail, dot, dot, dot. And you could just write whatever you wanted to, and it got you thinking about, why am I doing this? And that helped big time, I think. That's super interesting. Yeah, to think about the, or to even prepare for the mental hurdles beforehand. I've never really thought about that for anything in life. (laughs) But uh, I could see where that would be super important. Actually, I, I'll say there are many reasons for why people stop their through hike. Why they, you know, a lot of people plan to do a through hike. There's, I forget the exact numbers, but let's say there's like 4,000 people in a given year who set out to through hike. Mm-hmm. Within maybe a, a couple of weeks, like two weeks to a month of a lot of people starting, I think something like half of people, half people, half of those people drop out, something like that. And I think it's not because their gear failed them in those two two weeks or, right. or one month. It's just that it wasn't what they thought it might be. So, do you feel like the the principles and the mentality that got you through this through hike? Maybe is that why you picked up long distance running after the fact? Because I could see the same principles holding true for the AT hike as the Boston Marathon of, if you're going to give up, it's probably going to be within the first few miles. Yes. By the time you reach yeah. 20, mile 25, like, you're like I, well, I got them right. I think miles. it's good to have, or for me, it's important to have kind of a long-term goal or a goal that's maybe four months out, something like that, something to plan for. But of course, things can happen that are out of your control. And in fact, the other reason people don't finish a through hike is injury. And that can happen to anyone. As mentally prepared as you could be, you you can't prepare. Break an ankle, you could get Lyme disease. And that's actually a major, that's actually a very serious issue, you know, with ticks and everything. So Mm -hmm. um, injury or illness will force you off the trail no matter how prepared you might be. Yeah. 
what were some of the things you either learned about yourself or the world around you or anything? Like, what were some of the things that you learned on that trail? Because I imagine you spend a lot of time thinking while you're hiking. To a certain extent, <laughs> I spent some time thinking. You know, I will say, I definitely used a lot of music and podcasts to get me through the long, because they are long days of hiking from, you know, I might've been on the trail from 7.30 in the morning to, I usually like to finish while it's still light out, so it'd be, you know, to finish by 4.30 or 5 p.m. and then have a somewhat relaxed evening would be important. So I did fill a lot of my days with listening to music or podcasts, and I do think maybe it would've been nice to, more often not listen to anything and kind of just listen to nature, think, pray, you know, spend my time during the day uh, in other ways. But, um, wait, sorry, back to your question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lessons. Yeah. What did you, what did you learn on the trail? Um, I guess goal setting and kind of on the trail, you have to plan out and kind of set goals for say, a given day, a given four day stretch, and then even when you want to finish. So I kind of had to plan out. Uh, and then usually I would get a resupply of food every roughly four days. So you kind of had to know where am I getting my next resupply four days from now. And then in general, when I, when do I want to finish the whole trail? So I think it was a constant reassessment of where am I at? How's my progress? And how am I doing against my, even how am I doing against my overarching goal of finishing before Thanksgiving? It, I figured it'd be nice to spend time with family at Thanksgiving. Do that turkey trot. Exactly. Well, at the time I didn't know about that one, but yes, I should have run the turkey trot after that. But. So I followed your Instagram story at the time and, um, there's this tradition, I feel like maybe that's the wrong word. You can correct me of trail names. Mm-hmm. So what what was your trail name and how do you get a trail name? Usually you are given a trail name by someone else because of something you did or something about what you're carrying or it can be the most ridiculous things. Like, I mean, my tra- I'll start with my trail name and then share a few others, but my trail name was French Press. And so no one on the trail while I was out there knew what my real name was. It was, hi, I'm French Press. And they were, hi, I'm Frostbite. Or, you know, I mean, it's like, it sounds ridiculous right now as I even say it, but it was completely normal when I was out there. That was, that was who they knew me as. And I knew Tennessee Jed and Frostbite and One Step. And, you know, it's, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but, it does. But, I mean, Frostbite, for example, she summited Katahdin, you know, on her day one. And I guess one of her fingers, she got frostbite or something. And thus someone, I, I don't know if it was someone who was hiking with her was like, okay, you're now frostbite <laughs> or, um, uh, let's see, there are mud socks. I mean, you can imagine why someone was named okay, mud socks because okay. they, they kept slipping into the, <laughs> the mud. I mean, there's these bog bridges and if, you know, I feel like it's a like sides. fraternity sorority, uh, naming tradition almost a hazing but you're kind of stuck with it for the whole time you're on the AT yeah exactly Uh, even uh, this guy Honey Bear you would think you know just hearing the name Honey Bear you think oh that sounds cute maybe it's some 
small girl, small girl, you know, five foot tall. It's this guy, huge beard, huge beard. <laughs> and Honey Bear was because he just carried one of those, uh, in the grocery store, you can buy the honey that comes in a in bear, bear. canister. And that's a way he added calories to any meal. He just had this honey that was in the Honey Bear container and he just use it on everything well because I I can imagine you couldn't call him honey because that could be weird so it has to be honey bear true I guess honey bear is better than honey so yeah that was honey bear and uh, you know and so I'm I'm imagining French press came because you didn't care you did not carry the honey bear you carried (laughs) the French press exactly I carried uh, or my stove doubled as a French press because it just had this filter attachment and it allowed me to make fresh coffee every morning and it was it was great fresh coffee every morning <laughs> real real coffee not instant coffee a lot of people use the instant coffee but you know. you're a purist yes. so yeah i mean i the three things i know about i guess four things i know about you is hiking long distance running good whiskey and coffee. Like, those are your four, like, pillars. Nice, nice. <laughs> that, important important In pillars. my head, that is Richard Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it, okay. Yeah. That works. And so that translated to trail life. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. you gotta have these... You're not an animal. You gotta have a, at least some semblance of a quality of life. Exactly. Yeah. If you're not gonna have, like, a working toilet, you're, you're gonna have... Good coffee exactly. in the morning. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was what you know. There are some people. You know, there's certain things on the trail that are sort of a luxury item that you carry. It's not necessary, but for you, it's worth it. It'll get you through. It'll, you know. And there are people who carry everything and the kitchen sink. I mean, if they're carrying 40, 50 pounds, sixty pounds. Like, Holy I, I think that's less common nowadays. Nowadays, there's more of a because that's like a fifth grader that you're carrying on your back. I, I suppose that <laughs> is, yeah. Uh, but nowadays there is definitely a shift to how light can you go, and mm-hmm. because actually one of the one of the um, most important pieces of advice my cousin gave me before I started the trail was a simple phrase: "The lighter your pack, the more enjoyable your experience will be." Mm-hmm. And what he meant by, I mean, it's kind of obvious, I guess, but the lighter your pack the more miles you could do in a day or if you are not going to do big miles you want to do shorter miles it's going to be a more enjoyable hike because you're not carrying 50 pounds while you go so there were a few items such as fresh coffee that I carried but that other people would not have but then other people carried uh, who knows anything a honey bear (laughs) (laughs) so the minister in me wants to just like take that and make it a life application of like the less you carry the farther you can go but uh i'm gonna try not to to go too deep on uh some of these things but for anybody listening feel free to uh to do that so is there anything about this journey that you would change i think when before i went out on the trail i did think that i would have so much time out there and that I would spend it all very wisely and that I'd set aside time for a quiet time every morning. And I, I mean, I even went out with a small like pocket, the the actual like pocket Bible. Um, and I definitely thought that I would prioritize quiet time every morning. And I found that I just got into a routine as, 
everyone, you know, as I do in Boston, my day-to-day life, I have a routine. I, you know, get up in the morning and go about my day. And I think I thought that on the trail, I highly prioritized, hey, I have all this time. I can easily set aside time to spend time in, in the Word and praying. And actually, I think I did find time to pray because while hiking all day, there's, you know, yes, while I did listen to podcasts and music, I did also shut that off and had time to, to think and pray. But I wanted that I didn't actually really prioritize taking time in the morning to spend some time in the Word. And I think there's times when here in Boston, I think, or, or whatever situation you might find yourself in, or anyone listening, maybe, oh, if only I had all this time, and, you know, like, there I was thinking, oh, backpacking, I'll have all tons have of time. Months, yeah. I mean, what am I going to be doing out there, aside from, like, sitting around or hiking? But <laughs> even in that situation, I found ways to just wake up, make breakfast, pack up my tent, and then go hiking, and skip out on quiet time and you know no matter where you are even now you know I I need I realize that even now I need to prioritize that and not like push it off and think oh someday later when I have more time I'll prioritize quiet time or I think that's important to to do and I wish that back on the trail I took a half hour of each morning or you know a small block of time to spend some time reading scripture. So, yeah, I, I know for me recently, I've been trying to get back in that habit. I am not a morning person by any sense of the word. And so I think I always thought that quiet time had to happen first thing in the morning. And what I'm learning now is that just making time for it in the day, whether it's first thing or, Last thing, it doesn't really work very well because I usually fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe like a lunchtime thing. um, But it does affect the way I go about the rest of my day. Um, Yeah, that's that's interesting. I feel like for a lot of the students I work with, um, having fun can almost feel like a frivolous activity or um, something that is meant for after I get all my work done. You know, I got to get my homework done first and then I can have fun. Um, As an analytical guy, as a numbers guy, uh, why do you think having fun is important? Or is it important? Oh, it's definitely important. I mean, even in my current job, I think I like to have fun with my coworkers Mm -hmm. because the work... It, it's 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 your work. It's you know it's gonna get done. You gotta get it done. But it's not always exciting. And so, yeah. well, you've got coworkers that are fun to be around. Again, even yeah, backpacking. Like given in a given day, you just have a certain amount of miles you hope to get in that day, so you can end at a certain shelter. And if you can enjoy the sights, the sounds, chatting with other hikers while you while you hike listening to music and just in any way taking in the day while you're working towards that goal um, is important. So kind of hearkening back to the original thought in my head of um, why I wanted to talk to you is this idea of fun being spiritual, fun having fun as a way to worship creator. 
how, did you experience that on the trail and and like how did you see that while you were hiking I think I have a passion for hiking and backpacking as a hobby that I mean everyone has their own hobbies just things they enjoy to do in their enjoy doing in their spare time and I guess backpacking or going for day hikes is a way that I can have fun and enjoy creation, enjoy God's created world. And I mean, I think we are unique from other creatures in the world in that we appreciate beauty and us on the top of a mountain looking at, looking off into the distance. It's, it's awe-inspiring and no bear is going to be hanging out of there. Wow, look at this view or look at this sunset. So I think that's unique to us. Although that would be pretty amazing. Yeah, I would, yeah that would be cool. If a you bear the was, summit and you see a bear, a bear is there. hanging out up there looking off into the distance. And that would be cool. But they don't seem to do that. So They're missing out for sure. Right? That's right. That's right. Uh, so there were times on the trail that you stepped off and went to the city or whether it was to resupply or even just to have a break from the hike. Why did you do it? Other than resupply, because I feel like that's a self-explanatory thing. But what about the times that you took those breaks, um, whether for a day or a couple days to get off the trail? It can be exhausting, for sure, depending on what pace you're pushing for and how many miles a day you're trying to do. It's, I mean, it's physically exhausting to, to through hike the AT. So I took opportunities as they came where perhaps I was passing through an area close to family and I thought, this will be perfect time. They can come out, maybe do a hike with me and then I'll spend some time with them and get off the trail and just kind of recuperate for a little bit mentally and physically and then get back out there with a renewed renewed vigor. And uh, wait, have you heard of Shell Magic? No, I have not. It sounds weird. <laughs> it's like, what? wait, what goes on in the trails? No. Um, it's like Harry Potter trail. on a hike. Because that I can get behind. <laughs> Anyways, so, this has nothing to do with yeah. trails. but no, Trail Magic is sort of any unexpected or unanticipated generosity that you experience from mm. a, usually a stranger. And and all it is is uh, on the Appalachian Trail, what this might look like is coming across a cooler in the woods as you're hiking that has cold soda. Well, hopefully cold. <laughs> could also be just lukewarm sodas. Well, I was going to say I'm a true crime enthusiast. And so coming across a cooler in the woods, it's like my first thought is, is there a body in there? Like, I wouldn't think. Never in my experience. But Let me but go get a soda. Be, right. <laughs> if you, hey, if you come across a cooler in the woods. What's in As a through hiker, you're, you're like, like, you're yes. like oh, it, it's likely going to be a soda and a co- some cookies. Like, I mean, and as a murderino, I'm like, there's a body. There's a head at least in this thing. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, I, I mean, even as, as soon as 10 days into my my hike, I came across a cooler in the woods and there were root beers and cookies in uh, yeah. uh, little Debbie oatmeal raisin oatmeal or something like that cookies anyway that was exciting and then throughout the rest of the trail you know I came across a variety of other tra- trail magic quote unquote and again with some, what that sometimes looked like was uh, even in, in Vermont the so this was one of the best trail magic experiences 
distance I had towards the end of a day. So again, you've probably hiked a lot of miles. You're like tired. You're looking forward to finishing the day and getting a good bite to eat. And this couple was parked. They had their truck parked at an intersection of this just wooded road that intersected with the AT. And they were, they had a fire going. They had chairs set up. They had a couple coolers. On the back of their pickup truck, they had a portable grill and they were like, they saw me and they could tell I was a through hiker based <laughs> on my appearance. And they very quickly were like, hey, how are you doing? Do you, how are you doing? Do you want a burger? Do you want a pizza? Do you want and and beers like, yes, and sodas? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, that sounds great. And I mean, honestly, they had a fire going with grapes over the fire. They had some pizza on the fire. I, I was like, oh, a burger sounds great. So this woman hand-packed, hand-packed a burger, you know, hand wow. and put it on their grill, portable grill on the back of their truck, fired up the grill. I enjoyed a beer, and I sat down on a chair while they were doing this for me. They were happy. They were excited to do this for me, and it was phenomenal. I, so, that's, so that's that's trail magic. I now understand why it's called trail magic, because that does sound like a magical moment. Mm-hmm. Very magical. Um, so, I, and I think as a southbounder, we, we start later in the year and we start at the non-traditional end of the AT. Southbounders, something like of all the, of all the through hikers, there's about 80% of them start in Georgia and mm-hmm. head north. So they're starting earlier in the year. And so if you're someone who's like, oh, this, I want to, I want to really treat someone that's on the AT. I want to, you know, they're, they're hiking a lot of miles. They're doing this cool thing. I want to like, I don't know, surprise them with generosity. Where's the easiest place to do that? Somewhere down South in April or May when a lot of the through hikers are passing through. And so from my perspective, <laughs> South Bounders go magic, but we found as, as South Bounders, there was still plenty of people who were just excited to serve you in some way and it was honestly mm-hmm. a blessing and actually wait I'll take a step back the be- absolute best show magic this was this is far beyond what you could anticipate in uh, in over New Hampshire Norwich Vermont where I, as a southbounder I was coming through New Hampshire and posted up in some of the shelters as I was passing through were instructions like do you need a place to stay do you want to see Hanover or Norwich and there were a list. There was a list of names and phone numbers that you could call mm. and say, "Hey, I'm passing through. Can you host me?" And there were people. I, I tried two numbers. No one answered. The third person I called, Deb Williams. She is a trail angel, as you as you will come to find out. Um, she said, "Yes, I can host you." Um, Basically, when I got into town later, because I, I called from a shelter and um, she hosted me just as a thruhager in her home. She, I had a clean bed to sleep in. She cooked. I mean, I stayed there for two nights. She cooked two phenomenal dinners for me. One of the nights, I mean, I kid you not, she was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, she was an older, older lady and she was like, going to go to bed. She's like, noticed I was relaxing and catching up, charging my phone. And she was like, uh, over here's our freezer. Here's some, you can enjoy this ice cream. You get whatever. Like she was just like, enjoy, have, have the time of your life and uh, see you in the morning, whatever. And it was just extreme, extreme generosity. 
and made a big, you know, made, made a difference. It was very encouraging, and I left, you know, after those two days feeling completely rejuvenated. Um, again, this was generosity from a complete stranger. This wasn't right. just staying with my family for two nights, which, again, I love my family, and that was <laughs> great, but, I mean, it's a stranger, yeah. And, yeah. and she found joy in, in um, doing, you know, giving... When, especially as a, as a woman in an increasingly distrustful world, that to me just is incredible that she would open her home to whoever asked, um, is not something you come across anywhere anymore. Yeah. That, that's amazing. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So I think the question that everybody needs an answer to is how big did your beard get? <laughs> not too big, actually. It was not too exciting. Uh, you know, honestly, my facial hair maybe only grew an inch, which, I mean, an inch is fairly long. That's four and a half months of growth. But I mean, some of these guys could like grow these huge beards. So I was not nicknamed, uh, my trail name was not Blackbeard. So okay. Okay. we'll just yeah. go with that. It was French press for a reason. <laughs> yes, yes. My beard was not referenced in my trail. Okay. So. <laughs> what, which I guess brings me to another question of how was it coming back into quote unquote normal life after the trail? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, not many people ask me that one, but it's it's yes. actually hard. <laughs> yes, it's I hard like it. for a lot of ev- everyone. It's pretty hard for 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 different reasons. I think I well, my my initial experience it, initially it felt like the first two three days felt like a normal. Oh, I'm just off trail and I'm about to get back on trail because I would take a few days off occasionally here and there, but then. You know, a week goes by. Wow, I'm really not going back out there. Um, I think I knew when I finished that I needed to get back to Boston. And, you know, and I wanted to go back to Boston and I wanted to find my next job. And so I already had a next goal, which was, you know, next job. And I, before I even, before I left on the trail, I was in talks with a recruiter who was going to work with me when I got back. So I had things in motion to to do when I got back and and looking for work. But there are some people who go out on the trail just to leave behind whatever life they had before and start something new and they get used to the trail and when they finish, it's kind of like, wow, I need to readapt or I need to figure out what's next. And and that can be hard if you have no idea what's next, Mm -hmm. uh, figuring figuring out the next steps. But that's it. I mean, I had a degree in accounting and my CPA license, so it seemed I should probably go back to there, something. There's accounting. a pretty easy track right, right, right there. Yeah. It seemed like uh, that's what I'm <laughs> destined for. <laughs> Do you still feel destined uh, to accounting and CPA work? Not necessarily. <laughs> TBD. We, we will see. We will see. Do you have any desire to, whether it's the AT or or a different through hike? to do that again? Definitely, I would say. I, however, I'll caveat that with not for a long time. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's as long as a through hike that takes four months to six months because, mm-hmm. you know, there's also the Pacific Crest Trail, there's the Continental Divide Trail. Those sound awesome, but I don't foresee myself taking that much time off now in retirement. I, I would definitely say I, I'd consider it while I was on the AT. I met 
you know, it's there's kids as young as 18 through hiking, you know, just out of high school, and then there's people in their 60s that are through hiking. Honestly, they, yeah, they take it slower, but they're doing the same thing. They, you know, end to end. Um, so definitely, I'll, you know, in the meantime, though, I enjoy long weekends of backpacking or a given week, week or two here or there. Would you do one of those trails like sectionally as opposed to through, or is it the idea of a through hike that really drives you? I could, I do see the appeal to a section hike because you can actually, I could, I guess do that now and, you know, take two, three weeks every year, but there is an appeal to the full through hike, start to finish, north to south or south to north, that is particularly appealing, and yeah. that I would be able to do for, for a while, I, I don't think. Yeah. We'll see. I say that now. <laughs> you say that now, yeah. Yeah, all right. So um, on this idea of fun as a spiritual act, uh, kind of the ending question I found myself asking people is, what do you do for fun? So I'll caveat that for you as what do you do for fun other than hiking? Nothing. No, nothing, nothing. That's no. it. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, me doing AT, me, you know, that kind of demonstrates in a way what I like, what I enjoy is things that are challenging, things that get me outside, things that are physically demanding. And so in day-to-day, -day, that's kind of why running has an appeal. It's, it's physically challenging. It requires planning and goal setting, you know, several months out. How many times have you done the Boston Marathon? Boston, twice. Okay. Uh, Will you be doing it again this year? No, I'm going to actually take a break from marathons okay. because I, 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 I need to work on shorter distances for right now. And then You're going to focus on your trips. Yes, actually. 10K, the 10K trips drop. That's my goal, <laughs> goal race for this fall. You, I, I'm going to create a new goal for you. Mm -hmm. It's yours to accept if you choose. I think you should do a turkey trot in every major city. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Especially because that would mean spending Thanksgiving away from families. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Unless saying. I can convince I'm just my saying, family to come with me. If you're a true That's a turkey cool trotter. Role. Yeah, there are some famous turkey trotters throughout. The, you know, ones that draw many people. The Manchester Road Race is Thanksgiving in Connecticut, and that draws thousands and thousands of runners. But uh, <laughs> you know, I convinced the fam to join me. Until tonight, I didn't realize there was so much to learn about turkey trots. Yeah. So I feel like you've opened a whole new world for me. So thank you. You should definitely look into a turkey trot in your, in your local area, as well as anyone listening. <laughs> five Ks, ten Ks, five miles—they're they're all there. Yeah. Any distance. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so running is the thing for you that outside of hiking. Running. I enjoy reading. I enjoy. I don't know. Even just being out in the city. You know, I bike in the city, but not not actually for exercise. I just enjoy biking to get around, enjoy the fresh air. Which yeah. most people not from Boston don't realize biking in Boston is pretty much a contact sport. So <laughs> Depends on your style of biking. I, uh, As a driver I in Boston. Usually, right, right. Your driving experience. So I think, yeah, biking... <laughs> 
Boston's done a great job recently in the recent years of putting in bike lanes. They have, they have. But, but yes. it's true. It's it's <laughs> always a struggle. Bike bicyclists versus pedestrians versus cars. You know, yeah. they all angry. compound and everyone's they're all angry, angry at everyone else <laughs> because it's my right of way and every, you know everything's mm-hmm. there. But the temperatures will be cooling, and that makes everyone happier. I think so. Well, it makes everyone stay inside more too. <laughs> uh, d- depending on how cold they get, but yeah. True. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming all the way out to Roslindale. So far. No, it's really not that far. (laughs) Uh, No, I appreciate you making time for this. And uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks again for checking out another episode of Life in Progress. Another big thank you to Richard for his patience and for coming all the way down to Rosy. As always, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, whatever, uh, we'd love to hear it. Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, all the things. Also, if you have a moment, feel free to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, It means a lot, and I'd love to hear what you think. Anyways, thanks again for checking out another episode, and we'll see you in two weeks.